before we jump into the podcast, I thought I'd share with you a wonderful Godwink. Actually, two of them that I had this morning. It's what I call an aha moment when you know you're being guided, when your prayers are being answered. So I was at Panera having breakfast with a friend of mine, Josh, and he is such an amazing man who, like me, he is not driven by money, but rather by sharing his love and his light. His gifts to the planet include being a volunteer fireman and doing mission work in Haiti and Israel. And as we got to talking, we discussed how exhausting it can get sometimes to constantly be giving and caring for others. And that what makes the difference for us and what keeps us going, what lights our fire every single day is knowing we're making a difference in some little way. And I said that one of the things that inspires me is knowing that if even one person, you, are out there listening in, then what I'm sharing, if it's letting you know you're loved and you're never alone, I just have such a wonderful feeling of being hugged and hugging you back. So we decided to grab a pastry before heading out when a very friendly woman standing in line that I thought I recognized, but I wasn't sure, she suddenly says to me with her eyes sparkling and this big, beautiful smile, hi, I'm Gabe's mom from preschool. Rebecca and I hugged and we were so excited to reconnect and discover that our little ones who are now 21 had both made their dreams come true by becoming a train conductor and a firefighter. Then here's the God wink. She said, thank you for your words of inspiration that I listen to every week. Oh my gosh, I hadn't seen her in years and she listens to my podcast. And then I'd also recently put out to the universe that I'm ready to speak with women in jails and prisons. And lo and behold, she works with a detention center two God winks at the same time. It's like a double rainbow. Josh and I laughed out loud. Diddle, diddle, little did she know that her words and her joy were a big old divine message for us, letting us know that we are making a difference. And yes, we are appreciated and keep going. So I am. And today I have a special gift for you. Actually, all February long. As many of you know, I am a life and wellness coach. I help you to look in the mirror and say, I love how happy looks on you. My mom, she is a phenomenal example of someone who came to me about a dozen years ago telling me she was ready to no longer feel depressed or anxious, and she just wanted to love her life again. Well, today, she no longer takes 16 of her 17 medications, and she's lost 160 pounds. To top it off, she is 82 years young. She came to me at 70, and she is definitely loving life. So if you're ready to say, I'm done with feeling the way I 
feel. Then click on the Whole Body Studio link in the episode notes to sign up for a free 20-minute virtual coaching session with me. And let's see if I'm the one to help you. And all during the month of February, to celebrate Valentine's Day, I'm going to give you my gift of love, a 20% savings on a wellness package that you sign up with by simply entering the code love gift. What I can promise is we'll walk together. Where there is hope and determination to succeed, fueled by an intention with great love, the results are amazing. I would love for this to be your loving God wink. Now, let's jump into today's episode. And I think a lot of people forget that through imagination and through creativity is where we find ourselves, right? Like, I don't think people are reading solely reading fiction books just to be like, oh, I just need a break. I think a lot of times we can see ourselves in characters and we can see lessons we want to learn in characters. And when we have the ability to make our own, that's really helping the what we believe, it helping guide these kids towards a self-awareness of where are you right now? What is it that you do care about right now? What is it that you do value right now? Which then like, hopefully then helps the parents be able to lean in and be like, oh my gosh, my kid really cares about protecting you know, the things that they love and hold dear. Hi, it's me, Donna Lisa Valencia, lovingly known as DL. With all my heart, thank you for subscribing to my podcast series. I'm smiling big time, knowing you're out there listening in. I also appreciate that you share my episodes because when you help me to help as many people as possible all over this planet, well, not only do we get to get connected, but we get to stay connected to high vibe energy. Today, I'll be sharing more stories of life lessons filled with wisdom, intuition, lots and lots of God winks and shockingly lovely aha moments, and most importantly, deep connection to a high vibe energy that is simply beyond words, that when you choose to tap into it, your miraculous life's journey of evolution and transformation is filled to the brim with manifestations that are magical. You become the light of love, of peace, and of joy. You create a domino effect of energy that travels all over this universe as you make dreams come true in ways you most probably never imagined. Last week, we heard how Carolyn Tague turned her childhood dream into a dream come true of helping the Maasai of rural Kenya. Her high vibe connection is to source, and she manifested a reality more amazing than she'd ever envisioned. This week, Dylan Barr's envisioning tantalizes the wildly fantastic imaginings of our minds with a comic world that he and his team will soon release to our world, filled with mythical, marvelous creatures that are connected 
to a divine calling. Most importantly, we honor the creative expression of children and how their imagination is so off the charts, meaning we need to let them fly into the future. You have the potential to manifest whatever it is you desire every single day. You are a one-of-a-kind, amazing spirit, continually transforming as both your joyful and your painful moments become a tapestry of your personal evolution. They allow you to connect more deeply with an energy that some may call the blend of the feminine and masculine divine, or perhaps Mother Nature, all that is, the way of the Tao, Buddhist wisdom, Abraham, intuition, a course in miracles, self-realization, the universe, or the energy I happen to call God. So, are you ready? It's time for more High Vibe Connection with me, D.L. Hello, Donna Lisa. Hello, Dylan. How are you, my love? I'm well. I'm well. How are you? Oh, my gosh. I just got goosebumps. I'm like, there's Dylan. <laughs> I was talking about you today to uh, uh, believe my mom when I was on the phone with her. She was asking what I was doing, and I was excited to chat with you again. Oh, did you tell her we're, we're co-November 30 babies? <clears throat> no, I'm, no, I'm 29th. I'm 29. Oh. Remember, I was one day before you. We're both right. Sagittarii, though. That's right. That's right. That's Hardcore Sagittarians, November 29, November 30. Love it. Look how handsome you are. And for all you listeners out there, I just want you to know, when I first met Dylan, we were working in, uh, with self-publishing together, and we had an off-site that we were going to. Now, when you're working together in Zoom, you have a little slight idea of how tall people are, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I come across, I come around the corner at the airport. Are you what, 6'5"? Six, 6'6". Six, six. Six, six. <laughs> yeah. Making are, it harder. Yeah. You're 14 inches taller than I am. Just want to say that. That's a lot. <laughs> it is wild. I feel like you don't know how tall you are until you meet somebody taller than you. So a lot of times I'll meet people shorter than me, but I'm just used to it. But when I meet somebody taller, I'm like, oh, this is how everybody else feels. <laughs> yes. And I want to say, actually, you're 13 inches and three quarter because I own five, four and a quarter. And I just want you to know, I feel pretty tall, except when I'm around you. <laughs> <gasps> and honestly, I mean, if I were to get real, I think it's like six, five and three quarters. So we could really get into the math if we wanted to. <laughs> we'll say 13. We'll round down and say 13. Okay. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today here in this Zoom to teach the world through your life experiences. And the reason that I have chosen you, Dylan, and for all of you listeners to know is because when I first met you, there was this bubble of love energy that came through the screen. And you knew I was a newbie in this whole online world of marketing. And there was nothing about your energy that said, oh, we got to test this girl. Let's just, mm -hmm. it was that warm, embracing, I am going to help her rock this. 
You reached out to me after the initial meeting. Is there anything I can do for you? I was so taken by your loveliness and what I often speak of, which is that beautiful, connected, high-vibe energy. And we got into some discussions which revealed to me why I felt that from you, which is why you're here today. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, that, was, that was nice to receive. I'm doing better at... I used to be the biggest deflector when someone gave me a compliment like, oh, thanks, you're awesome. And what I realized is when you do that, you're, you're like downplaying the energy someone just tried to give you. Uh, so I'm doing a lot. I'm trying to get better at just fully receiving. I appreciate that. What do you refer to when you think of your high vibe connection? What do you name that energy that you know is always with you Mm-hmm. You're never alone, and you're able to find that mm, that confidence and that belief that you can get through even the darkest of times. Radical transparency is our number one core value at the company I'm with right now. And it's, the only reason I say that is because I was so drawn to just being like really direct and saying what's on your head and what or what's in your heart, not being passive, right? I, I always like to say it's like the opposite of that Midwestern passive aggression that you can grow up with. At least I'm from Michigan. So you asked me this question, like leading up to it to, to like get myself ready. And I have been chewing on it. So I have a, a few different answers and I'll be long because we have a podcast and we have time here. Um, I really initially just wanted to use the word God. And the thing that's tough about that, I think now is there's such a, it's like trigger, emotional trigger that can be around it because we just associate it with the Western religion. But it's and you think of pagan religions, um, you know, Thor, Odin, they were still called gods of the day. You think of Hindu religion, they still call it God. So that word's powerful to me. I so I still like to use the word God. I go back and forth with capital G, big G. But um that's that's huge. I would say though, the other is I believe in uh like a spiritual guardian that I have, like a guardian. Some people would call them guardian angels, but I'm a huge nerd. I love comic books. I love fantasy. As you can tell, my favorite comic book, uh, I got a flag behind me. So I, I turn everything into warrior analogy. So this guardian angel being this warrior for me, and I, I link up with that frequency. Um, I read this book by Stephen King back in, it, was, it had to be 2016, 2015. My wife and I went to Kenya. Um, to do contract work for socially minded businesses. We were transformational sales consultants for socially minded businesses. And uh, I did some work in Indonesia for a little bit and then came back to Kenya and then around around Africa. But I always had a home base in Kenya and it was this sanctuary. It's called Sanctuary Farm. So we had these giraffes, we had these um, zebras, we had you know wildebeests and water buffalo and all that. And it was beautiful. And it was just a lot of introspective time because it's really just us on this farm kind of alone. Like the people that work there, of course, we we loved them, but it's there was language gaps. So I could never really have that like true deep conversation with someone. So I spent a lot of time with myself and I started reading these books by Stephen King called the Dark Tower series and seven books. The first time I really heavily got into fiction. And at the end of the seven book series, this, this lesson that he gets across is we, a lot of people believe in reincarnation. 
which for the longest time I do, I have, and I still do. But a lot of times when we look at reincarnation, we look at it as, hey, in your previous life, you were a sailor, or in your previous life, you were a cook, or you were a gypsy. It's like you doing different things, right? That's the theory of the egg that we've heard in the past, the egg theory. Stephen King got across this concept of what if you've lived millions of times as Donalisa? What if I've lived millions or trillions of times just as Dylan Barr with just small variances through each life? Small decisions that I've made that take my end journey to a completely different destination, all because of these small tweaks. And I see it as this tree, right? And there's different branches in my life. Hey, in, in this life, I didn't decide to go overseas. In this life, I didn't decide to date this person or go into sales. And what would my life look like? And uh, it gave me a lot of power of saying, I want this life to... I want to walk my my true path as, as much as I can. All of this to come back to to say, I, I created this spiritual guardian for myself that uh, that will step forth when I get to what I call these branches, right? To, to help me decide which path to take. Um, I think to veer me away from t- like bad decisions um, and to try to be present in the moment and be like, what would my guardian want, want here? Or what's my guardian helping me do? So God, guardian, that's a long answer. Oh, Dylan, that is so beautiful. I, I wanted to comment on so many of the different things that you just said because my little spirit inside was jumping up and down going oh yes ding 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 ding. the stephen king concept first of all who i love what an astounding author though i have to acknowledge i did stop reading his books uh when i was pregnant because the energy of diving into the darkness i didn't want to bring into my pregnancy Mm. and his story writing is phenomenal. And I did not know about that perception of reincarnation. And one of my little spirit ding, ding, ding moments was, that's actually how I see myself in Mm. incarnating. I've never thought of myself as anything but this little person with a different name and in many, 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 many times of reincarnation. And I just keep evolving and learning. I used to say, I'm going to do it right this time so I don't have to come back. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) But there is also this awareness that I received from a shaman that I met. And through this unbelievable drumming circle that we had, where she had said, there is one who has come to us that she was not sure who it was. And it was a big group of women and drumming, blah, blah, blah. And 45 minutes into it, I had this completely out-of-body experience, and it ended up being me. Mm. It was astounding, and what basically a very quick response was, or or a quick overview was, she looked at me and said, welcome back, Paloetti. Thank you. Mm. And just the acknowledgement, and then the acknowledgement that you're here to continue, and thank you for coming back to continue what you've been doing. So whether anyone believes that or not, the reality is the energy that brought to that, the energy that I've known since I was a little girl, what you have shared, 
the guardian guardian angels, I've been told before, I have two guardian angels who follow me and I think they're about as big as you. So that's what I've been told. They're very tall, big guys. Mm-hmm. And I feel that energy as well. Thank you for sharing that, Dylan. Tell me this, because I know through our conversations as well, you have had a journey in life filled with roller coaster of emotions, mm-hmm. highs and lows. And that is one of the, the ways that I see you is that you are very grounded in embracing your journey and hearing your connection with God, with the angels, with the understanding of evolution, the, the reincarnation. Can you give us an example of a time in your life that it was really, really trying. And with every ounce of your being, you just thought, ah, how am I going to get through this? And you were able to connect with that energy so that you could take the baby steps to getting through the evolution, through that transformation to get to the next step. And I ask this because that is a part of this podcast, which Mm -hmm. is helping our listeners who many of us every single day, we all have, we all have uh, uh, emotions that go up and down, up and down, right? We can't stay in that high vibe all the time. You are a very Zen person to me. Mm. Thank you. Absolutely. And and again, that was one of the reasons we connected. No matter how in crazy and insane we were in the in the marketing and the it was always grounding. Mm-hmm. So I give that to you. Could you share? Yeah, I'm sitting here as you asked the question. I'm like again, thinking before I came on here, I had a few and I just want to figure out what one's gonna resonate the most. I think a lot of times um you view me as very grounded and I appreciate that. Um, I think a lot, I, I do a podcast as well for my company now called Thought Leader Podcast. And one of the things I try to touch on with all of our uh, guests is take me through the uncomfortable moments. Because I think a lot of times people can put someone that they hear in a podcast on this weird pedestal of like, oh, well, that's what they've done. And they don't get to hear the uncomfortable times or the uncomfortable stories to get to where they're at. Um, so I f- the only reason I say that is the analogy here is you could see me as Zen, but I was in co- back in college, had to be 2012, 2011. Um, like a, a big stoner hippie in college. I had long red hair, wore a bandana, wore a mala with knee-high socks, rollerbladed to class with Yerba Mate gourd, like just that like hippie, but also had a lot going on. And I was in this relationship with um, this this woman back home from my hometown <clears throat> that was just rocky. It was um, it was like up and down and it was just young love, right? Like young, passionate, but like just all over the place love. And it took me in weird um, twists and turns. And uh, we had a weird falling out uh, and a lot happened with it that I don't want to feel like to share just on podcast. But all of this came to this like, this halt of ending the relationship and then starting to get back together for this passion. And then it led to like 
being cheated on. I remember driving up. I, I went home uh, for the weekend to see her, and I would see her for the whole weekend, and then I would leave early Monday morning instead of Sunday night to go back to college. I'd leave early Monday morning, go right to class, um, typically. But this day, I think it was Sunday. I went to church with my grandma. And me and this girl were in this rocky place. I go to church. My grandma's really passionate about church. So I wanted to be there with her. And she has emphysema at the time, right? We always sit in the back for some reason. She has emphysema. And I go up, I get my offering, Catholic church, come back, do the kneel thing, start talking to God. And I'm like, hey, just help me try to work this out with, we'll call her Tiffany. Help me work this out with Tiffany. And what do you think I need to, you know, I'm really trying to be introspective here. And I look over to my right, my grandma who was in front of me, is just getting to the point where she's sitting down and she's like gasping. And I'm like, I'm worried about an on again, off again relationship. And my grandma next to me is like struggling for breath just to go and, and do her ritual. This is weird. And then that same day, drove back to college and I get a text from Tiffany. And she's like, hey, uh, I wanna let you know it's over after like a year and a half, I've been seeing this other guy for the last couple of months. Your friends know about it. Um, he treats me right. You don't. And I remember just being this young kid, just teary eyed driving in the snow and and like driving as fast as I could. I drove another buddy back to school and he's like, Hey, is everything all right? And I didn't tell him. And I get back to college. I get back to my college apartment and um, the buddies that came over to my apartment when I was gone, used my bong. I had a bong when I was in college, broke it. Um, and we're like, yeah, they're like, we're not paying for that. And I remember I'm like, my body's broke my bong. They knew about what's going on with Tiffany. Uh, I just feel stepped on. I remember calling my mom and crying and be like, I'm sick of being walked on, right? I'm this emotional wreck. But I remember in that moment making this decision of this Dylan's dead. Like this Dylan, this Dylan's got to go. Whatever I've attracted, whatever I've emanated, like taking full responsibility of like this, this guy has got to be buried here. And um, that led me to, I took a yoga class the following semester. Um, I got, that's when I got into meditation. Uh, about two months later, I had a guy come to my class and ask, uh, about this summer internship where I could, you know, go door to door and sell books door to door for summers to pay my way through college. I didn't even know we were selling books door to door. And that first interview, he was just getting to know me. And I'm like, Hey man, I'm in. And he's like, I haven't told you about it. I'm like, I got to get out of my hometown. I'm in, this is new Dylan. And that, I mean, that's led to everything that I've done. It's like, I, I thank that internship. I met my, uh, my girlfriend and now wife doing that internship. I was able to travel, um, internationally because of the resume that I built and it's, it's led me to, to what I do now. But man, I was a wreck back then. I was just a stoner college kid that was going through a bad relationship and a bad breakup that was overly emotional. And I think it just took a moment to be like, yeah, I'm done with it. I'm done. I'm done with this. That is so fabulous. I'm chuckling because again, November 29, November 30, we both at about the exact same time in our college experience said those words, I'm mm -hmm. done. One of the things that I shared in my first podcast is that I was at UCLA and I was going through a lot of stuff. My grandma, you speak of mm -hmm. your grandma, 
My grandma had just died, my Lola. I think about it, I get teary. I happen to be with my boyfriend who I felt something is off, something is off. What I didn't know is he was cheating on me with like, who knows who, mm-hmm. right? And But I felt it, I felt the energy. And when I was with him, that's when my grandma died and I could feel her energy just leave and something mm. told me and we didn't have cell phones back then. And I said, I got to go home. I got to go home. He goes, why? I said, I don't know, but I got to go home. And I go to his apartment first and there's a voicemail and it's my mom saying Lola died. Mm. And it was shortly after that, that I did a lot of within a few months, a lot of, of, of really deep soul searching. Like you are speaking of, I had crazy things happening at the end of college. So my very last day, I finished my very last test in a documentary film class. And I walk out at about five o'clock and I'm walking through this beautiful North campus and the sun is just gloriously warming up the campus as it's setting with the oranges and the yellows. And I stood beneath Bunch Hall, which unfortunately is known at UCLA as um, Suicide Hall or something like Mm. that. Basically, people that are having a tough time, they jump, right? And I thought, I'm going to shift the energy of this building right now. And I stood beneath that building and I said out loud, today is the first day of the rest of my life and I'm doing it my way. I'm done. It was like, done. And that lesson, that moment, Dylan, what you have shown and shared is that by owning that energy that you owned, the same with myself, we opened the door to amazing things happening. Things that, like you said, never heard of book sales. Even when I found mm-hmm. out you did book sales, and that's how you ended up meeting a number of these people when we were working at self-publishing, it was hysterical to me. Because like you, I thought they only sold books back in the 50s and the 60s yeah. door to door, right? Wild, yeah. And I know, thank you for sharing also, you you met your beautiful girlfriend and wife and, and we got to experience so much of your joy as you were evolving into getting married and, and now being a dad. That is part of what high vibe connection is. It is knowing in those, those moments where you just feel overwhelmed and you don't know what to do and you stop and you connect with that energy. Just like you said, God, you got to show me, show Mm -hmm. me, give me Mm -hmm. some signs. And then you look for what I call the God wings, what Squire Mm -hmm. wrote about the the God wings. You look for those, (gasps) those aha moments that go, Oh my gosh. And sometimes they have to be tidal waves in our face. Like your Mm -hmm. friends, breaking, smoking and breaking your bong, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you guys are my friends. You're my heart. Mm-hmm. What did, and you knew she was cheating? Mm-hmm. Really? Those are the moments when I say, all right, God goes to the angels and goes, okay, we need to just wake up Dylan a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We've been trying to give him hints. <laughs> shake not, him. Can we just not, shake him? Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <doing? Ooh>, right? <laughs> yeah. So you're selling books. Mm-hmm. Door. Mm-hmm. You move forward. You have continued to to rise. Is what I have seen in your journey of your career. You say right now you have a uh, your your podcast. Could you share again a little bit about the podcast? 
Yeah. So currently work for a company called Thought Leader. Uh, and the company, similar to self-publishing, selfpublishing.com helps people, you know, write a book, hit bestseller status on Amazon, and then turn it into a business. This company, similar, um, but they help people land TEDx talks um, and then leverage that TEDx talk and the viewership that they have to create a funnel um, and, and build their business. So currently at Thought Leader, I've been their head of fulfillment, their head of sales, and now I'm uh, head of business accelerator, which is the program once they land the TEDx talk of how could I create a an offer around my brilliance or my mastery um, or my message? So I help people do that as well as hiring um, head of talent dev, and then just started uh, the Thought Leader podcast, which interviews our clients uh, and their background. Anywhere from spoke with a guy twenty years in the military, and then he went into cybersecurity, and now he researches catastrophe events and catac- potential cataclysms, so we can be proactive about it. I interviewed a, a dentist from St. Petersburg and now Quebec who um, relates past trauma through how it sits in our jaw and actually causes teeth grinding and lack of sleep and everything she's learned throughout that. And just some fascinating individuals. Um, and I learned about their story, right? So it's a shorter podcast. We like to keep it 25, 30 minutes and it's more just an interview, um, right? Rather than like what we're doing right here, I love the dialogue that we have with this. I'm like, hey, this is about you guys. Tell me a little bit about how your story began. Tell me about what you do now and what's important to you and what you have to teach, right? I want to give them a platform for their mastery. And then we finish the podcast with, you know, why did you decide to get uncomfortable to do this? Why do you think other people don't get uncomfortable and stay in that comfort zone? And what's your advice to somebody that that might be on that precipice of comfort and uncomfort. Um, so that's what I do now, part-time. Um, so that's just kind of a side work that I'll do with Thought Leader as well as everything else. And then, um, yeah, that's that. That's me currently. And you are also, and, and I'm just doing the and, and, and first yeah. we're discussing, because for the listeners, I want them to hear how you have evolved from that skateboard dude hanging yeah. out in college, smoking the bongs, to becoming a door salesman, to doing the, the, yeah. the all of this, okay? So now you have stepped into making another very large dream come true. Yeah, this is the, the thing that I'm most passionate about. Like if you were to think of my life as like milestones, it's stone, hippie stoner. It's it, First, it's young kid that hates the world, right? And hates parents and was a hockey player and wanted to just be class clown. Then it was hippie stoner in college. Then it was book sales door to door. And then that led to consulting overseas for about three years. It was like, I believe it was 12, 12 countries, uh, developing countries, 15 companies. Uh, so I was able to be a, a sales and business consultant for them. That led me to head of sales at selfpublishing.com and sales rep at selfpublishing.com. I've always wanted to write books. My grandma, uh, same grandma, I grew up with my grandparents. Um, she always told me, she's like, you'll be an author. And she'd always read to me. So I always had this affinity towards writing and specifically fiction and world building. So that obviously draws my polls and my guardian towards selfpublishing.com. I wanted to learn the process. I'm, I love the message. Did that for a while, published two nonfiction books and started to make a network of fiction buddies that I could talk fiction with because fiction takes longer to write. 
And then that led me to Thought Leader and my biggest passion, which I've been working on now behind the scenes for the last eight years, in front of the curtain, probably for the last two or three, is uh, a series of comics. So me and my partners are creating a collaborative comic world um, for our followers and most importantly, their kids, where um, we tell a tale, we tell a story through comic and written prose of this world uh, called Bastunia, where everyone knows their calling from the moment they're born. Uh, they have this mythical creature that is born with them at birth that represents what they're supposed to do and what they're supposed to be in life. So it's it's a different tweak of us living in on earth. We don't know what our calling is. These people do. Um, and they get this mythical creature and they some travel the world, some build the world and some protect the world. And every every kid and human leans into their role in the society. And um, it's been a fun comic to create. And what we do is a lot of kids and their parents, specifically when it comes to creativity, right? Like we want to foster imagination and creativity for the next generation. That's the big, big part of our message. We allow young kids to, who get excited about the world to create their own calling. We call them callings, these mythical creatures. They get to create their own calling. They get to draw it or they get to write about it. And then what we do is, is we raise funds so then we can take that and allow our illustrator, professional illustrator for decades now, to turn them into creatures to be featured in our comic, right? So we take their imagination, we bring it to life in our comic world, and then ideally, as we continue to tell stories, we're able to place some of these callings in the world of Bastunia in our comics. Oh my God. Goodness, Dylan, I knew just a little bit about it. And to <laughs> hear this full, elaborate, I see the wheels in your brain just... Yeah. And the way you are telling it, that is one of the exciting things that I love about meeting with guests such as yourself. Because you are sharing that creating a life... Mm -hmm. Diving into our lives, into our evolution, into our transformation. Not once have you mentioned, and I've been making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking forward to, I get to, you know, blah, 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 whatever, right? Yeah. Money is not a good thing. We all, you know, right. thank goodness for the green energy coming around, right? But when you hear someone speak like you have just spoken about this dream and about helping people in in creating books and helping people in TED Talks and all, that is coming from groundedness. That's mm -hmm. coming from purpose, a calling, a, a being connected to an energy that says, it's not just about me. It's mm -hmm. about sharing my light, my love, my passion, my heart, and trusting, and not just trusting, knowing as you speak, especially about the comic series, knowing that this is going to resonate deeply with the children of our future who are going to become adults and resonate with their children and their children and their children. When we take responsibility, which is what this podcast is all about, when we take responsibility for sharing the wisdom, the insight, the intuition, the creativity, so that we can help to create a more improved, a continually growing and loving world, loving people, people that can really 
blossom and we know we get to part of planting those seeds, there is nothing more intoxicating than that. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Seeing these young kids uh, and like their excitement. I, I spoke at a, a school last year, um, elementary school in a low-income district near me. And like seeing these kids get excited when they hear the types of like, oh, I, I would want my calling to be a builder. Uh, we have three different types of, of creatures, uh, explorers, builders, and defenders. And when kids hear this and how I talk about it, you'll have kids be like, I want to be a builder maker. And I want to be a defender uh, shield and I want to be an explorer pilot and they get excited and I think the fun part of it is one it's like this is what creates uh, imagine like I'm just helping you know um, we could talk about frameworks here in a second but it's like just helping tweak their imagination to give them something to be like oh this is what I like and I, I think a lot of people forget that through imagination and through creativity is where we find ourselves right like I don't think people are reading solely reading fiction books just to be like, oh, I just need a break. I think a lot of times we can see ourselves in characters and we can see lessons we want to learn in characters. And when we have the ability to make our own, that's really helping the what we believe, it helping guide these kids towards the self-awareness of where are you right now? What is it that you do care about right now? What is it that you do value right now? Which then like, hopefully then helps the parents be able to lean in and be like, oh my gosh, my kid really cares about protecting you know, the things that they love and hold dear, you know, really cares about friends and family or, or my kid is really in a creative space right now and wants to make something or my kid's really in this exploration phase where they're filled with wonder. How can I help lean into it? And it's all done through imagination and creativity to start. And it allows the kids to, to, to stay connected with what I refer to as the truth of their beautiful spirits. Mm. One of the most important things that I have taught for many years in my coaching and guidance is to connect with the true essence, the truth of your beautiful spirit. That Dylan is what I see with you. Though you are a six foot, five and three quarters, <laughs> six foot six, right? <laughs> Human being in physical form, your spirit and my spirit in five foot four and a quarter, our spirits are huge. They are not confined by this physical being. And you and I have been able to, through our lives, step out of the boundaries that have been put on us. Not to say that we don't continually walk through it and have structure put at us. You should do this. You should do that, right? But what you are teaching these children, which is a, again, a huge part of, I think the most important part of those of us who are people of wisdom that are sharing with the younger generation is always stay connected with the truth of your beautiful spirit. And when you can do that, then you can stand up for yourself and say, I am done. And how do you do that? You stay connected to this high vibe energy, whatever you call it, whether you call it God or or the feminine divine, the blend of the feminine, the masculine, you know, connecting with the, the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda, whatever this is. And that, again, is one of the things that you and I have discussed in the past is you mm -hmm. have, as well as I, we both come from the Catholic upbringing, which yeah. both embrace and, and love. And at the same time, we pushed outside the boundaries of a religious uh, uh, 
block, if you will, a religious way of thinking to say, this is the only way, we connected with that part of us that said, mm, I appreciate what you're teaching me, but I feel there is more to connect with. So I would love for you to share with everyone, as I mm-hmm. have studied Buddhist and Taoism, Buddhist wisdom and Taoist wisdom and teachings of of Abraham and, and all of this, all of this is what has allowed me to fly and to become the person that I am, that in physical form, I say as I'm walking, I actually don't feel the ground. I just feel like I'm kind of floating through the universe, right? Mm-hmm. You, to me, have been able to do the same. And it's not something that I want the listeners to know. This is not something that is difficult to do. You can actually connect right now. You can make the choice right now and it just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. It's just continuing to open the doors to the wisdom and taking from the wisdom that has been shared for thousands of years and seeing what resonates with you and diving into, most importantly, the depth of your intuition, your connection, your knowing that there is something much more grand than we could ever put words to. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and for some people, I think they lean into what their just religion gives them and they find beauty in it. For me, the analogy that I make, and if anyone resonates with it is, um, I always give the example of like, you got to imagine, I have a young kid right now, six months old, and that kid ha- doesn't understand what words are, right? Like kind of slowly starting to, but right now, as he starts to understand what we really look like and what other people look like and what tree like outside looks like is, can you imagine being six months old and all of life is just being thrown at you and you have zero way to describe it? You're just taking it in. It's got to be one of the most scary and beautiful things to happen simultaneously in our lives, right? It's like the kid's like, can't say the words, but really it's like, what the hell is going on? And you're taking all this in and I'm trying to put myself in my shoes. Like imagine this wise elf comes by and he looks down at you and says, Hey, you know, my son's name's Keith. Hey, Keith, Keith, Keith. And all of a sudden the kid's like, Whoa, is that me? Right. And so starts to put a word to, to him. And then it's like, Hey, don't, this is a table. Right. And so, like, Oh, and this is a tree. And it's like, He's like, oh, he starts to make sense of this world through these words and 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 uh, letters and sounds and everything we give him, and, and to to bring some order to this beautiful, scary chaos. And that wise elf is his mom. Right? Another wise elf comes and you know teaches him other things, and that other that wise elf is his dad. He's got these two wise elves that are just all knowing, and they start to tell him about the mechanics of the world what things are, how things interact. And it's beautiful, right? Because it brings order to it. But how I view things is, you know, order. It's like, what if those two people then tell you what everything is for the rest of your life? And, and, and maybe you reach other people. But I think a lot of times people only have, what, 50 to 100 people tops that are telling them what their life is about. Especially if we stay in our comfort zones, like not, not get outside our comfort zones. Now order becomes rigidity. Now we look at everything and it's it's like fixed and locked in place and this is the way things are. And that's how I got with religion after a while, personally. And I think it takes something, and I've been chatting with with uh, 
friends, colleagues, you know, through philosophical discord of like, what does it take to then get outside that comfort zone again? Or, or be like, I need to shake things up. Because for me, it's like I learned so much from my dad, so much from my grandma. And when I decided to travel, when I decided to sell books, when I decided to go overseas, let's say I, I had this awesome teacher. Her name was Briggy Kittle. Um, she was like a mindset teacher. Uh, she's from Germany. She's a black belt in, I think, karate. She used to be a nurse for the dying and help them like inter- like internalize their life. And then she's like, I want to actually help people create their life because she did it for so long. So she worked with our consulting company solely to help us from a mindset level and an awareness level. And I remember she her t- teaching me things and I'm like, whoa, that's not what my dad said, right? This is what my dad told me. This is what my grandma told me. This is what Briggy's telling me. What do I believe? And this is where I think we we really gain self-awareness because now I get to say, where does Dylan fit in this dichotomy? Is, is Dylan all the way here to where he's like, I don't believe you. I believe my dad is Dylan all the way here. Like, oh, thanks dad. But I actually agree with Briggy here. Or am I somewhere in between? Am I a seven out of 10 towards dad or Briggy? And through that, we get to have self-awareness. I think the same thing happens with religion where a lot of people that grow up in a Western religion all of a sudden get this affinity towards Hinduism. And when I was in college, I had an Adi Krishna monk come to our school and he's passing out the Bhagavad Gita and I meditated with him. And it just, it was a different way to see spirit or God that was away from the, the rigidness that Catholicism turned into for me. And I was able to be like, oh, what do I like about this? Where do I lean more into Catholicism? And then, you know, that led into taking a, a history of Chinese religion class and learning about Taoism. I read the, the Tao Te Ching, learning about um, Confucianism. Uh, I read the Analects of Confucius and learning a little bit about Buddhism. The, the book that we read was, wasn't the Heart Sutra. It was Monkey, Journey to the West, which is still to this day, probably one of my favorite religious texts. And... Um, I learned more about these ways of life and how they get their message across. And some, sometimes they get a, their message across through a man um, being tried by the devil in, in the desert and knowing where, like, where to say no and hold his boundaries. And sometimes they teach these lessons through a giant monkey that can lift the Himalayas um, to show us the power of controlling our mind and body in, in Hanuman. Um, and it's on us to be like, well, just to, to glean from the lessons. So that's why I've decided to look at other religions and what it's shown me. Um, and I, but I think it can be done in life. It doesn't have to be done just with religion, religion alone. That is so true, Dylan. And thank you for such a wonderful explanation of how you have approached your religious beliefs, what you've been brought up with versus all of the different teachings that you dove into. And that is what the the door that I, I am hoping that this podcast, I am seeing that this podcast is doing for everyone, is it's saying there is no one way of looking at spirit. It is or, or it doesn't have to be. You you can choose for it to be one way, but if you choose for it to be a conglomeration of many different ways, because that's what resonates with you. I was thinking about, for example, your sharing of the perspective from your dad. My dad mm-hmm. as well was 
one of my, and, and even now in his passing, is one of my greatest inspirations in how I look at the world. There was a defining moment. There have been many defining moments, but especially getting ready to go to college. That was the first one where he thought because I wanted to be an architect, then I should just go down the path of being an architect. I mm. should just go to architecture school and, and stay steady and get that income. And that's all you do. And I remember feeling that sense of knowing he is so wise and there is something about what he is saying that feels so right, but there is something that feels so off. Not wrong, just off. And in my process of looking for a college, the reason that I chose UCLA, which is the the way that I have now approached my life, is that I chose UCLA's design school because as I told my father, I don't want to go become an architect with blinders on, simply studying architecture. I wanted to study design because by studying color theory, studying graphic design, studying photography, studying all of these different aspects, I could take the blinders off and apply that the varied design philosophies to how I would approach the design of homes. Mm. Lo and behold, what did I do? I opened a door to leaving college and having seven different career options that I had given myself. So that is the part of the, the flowering of our own personal evolution. We get to continue every single day from every single moment. We can make a choice to shift how we look at the world and own it as you have. Own it in a way that says, this is me connecting with my beautiful spirit and, and honoring the wisdom that I have been taught from all of those that I love and those great teachers as you have shared. And also looking at wisdom that is shared with us that we go, mm, that doesn't feel right. And that's oh. where we connect with that lower Dantian energy body, which many call the gut, right? We connect with that part of us that goes, mm, Ooh, something's making my heart pitter-patter a little bit more. Something's making my stomach knot up. Something's making me feel uncomfortable. And in those moments, that's when we learn to take a breath and wait until we can respond with love, with peace. When we learn to approach those moments as peacefully as possible, as the Dalai Lama has shared, versus it feels oft it feels off and we react with anger, with trying to verbalize how we feel about it. We want to prove that we're right. We want to prove that we know better. We want to simply just speak and be heard. One of the things that I hear you sharing, Dylan, is that you have mm -hmm. spent much time not only reading, but listening. Listening deeply. That is why I believe you are such a great coach and inspiration and guide for many that you are leading along the paths that you have done in teaching 
even even at the door to door sales, right? Mm-hmm. Learning mm-hmm. to listen and connect one spirit to another. Yeah, I. Uh, it's funny you see me kind of look over here and write. It's, it's, it's. I think it's something that I learned in my time when it comes to listening. Is there's so many times when I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, you just said something awesome. You did a great job earlier." When I'm going through this long phrase of like, "I'm going to hold," right? It's. It's. I teach people this uh, mindset or attitude spectrum that was created by Dr. John Hoover at University of Tennessee, and he he references our mind or our attitude state as above the line and below the line. Um, there are times we will naturally go below the line. There are times we will naturally get frustrated or anxious or stressed and like that. We're human beings, right? We're not human doing. So it's, it's the flow of life. The, the, the trick he says is, or the key is how can you catch yourself? And we get in the state of this compulsion of, Oh, I have to, I have to. And right above it, that's right at the below the line. He would call it. it's the top of below the line. So it's so close to being like there. And right above it is responsibility is the word that he uses. So compulsion and responsibility. And I had a, like com- compulsion being like, I have to, and I want to do this my way and I want to take charge. And people are like, well, what's the difference when I teach it? Like, what's the pure difference of responsibility and compulsion? And I say, break down the, break down the word of the former. Uh, responsibility is the ability to respond. So listening to you right now, I have the ability to respond. Like I could, like if you and I were chatting right now and I have my pen in my hand and my pen drops, compulsion is I got to pick that up right away because it just happened. Has n- but it has nothing to do with what the moment we're having. Responsibility is I have the ability to respond to that. I choose not to right now. So hearing what you have to say, it's like listening properly is, as I think is a, is a form and holding a space of responsibility and I have the ability to respond when you bring things up, but I want to write it down so I can let you finish this thought because that could be, in a podcast, I could be teaching somebody something. Mm. Another thing with that, because I wanted so many things. Um, I love Okay, wait, can you hold that thought one for second? For sure, for sure. Because I would love to to speak to what you just brought up. First of all, we are human beings, not human doings. Mm-hmm. I am so going to write that and put that on my wall because the essence of being is tied into the essence of listening mm-hmm. versus the essence of speaking is the essence of doing. Mm-hmm. And it is the, the blend of the feminine and the masculine divine. It is taking time to connect with the blend of the being and the doing that allows us to find a the peace in responding versus compulsively reacting. And when you said listening, something that was an aha moment for me is it's not only listening to those that we are speaking with, that we are in conversation with, but it is deeply listening to the world around us, deeply listening, connecting with us, deeply understanding that it is so succulent, it is so delicious when we can let go of doing and simply be in our listening. That is one of the reasons that I love doing these podcasts because mm-hmm. I recognize that even though they tend to be a little longer, mm-hmm. 
Many have told me what they love is they'll listen to it, maybe half of it driving to work, half coming back. It takes, they take themselves out of doing to deeply listen and to take from whatever experience is shared. And from that moment, I know that because they have taken time to downshift out of that fifth gear, go, 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 go. Okay. I'm just going to downshift into first gear, maybe second, and I'm just going to listen and I'm going to take it in and I'm going to allow it to like a, a beautiful, a beautiful stew that's filled with all of these ingredients when you just let it sit, it's amazing how delicious it tastes as time goes on when you just let it sit. And that's part of taking time to respond with love after you've taken time to stop and breathe versus throwing all those ingredients in, stirring it up and serving it. Now you're reacting. It's out there. Does it work? It's a reaction. Yes, it's good. But it's definitely not as delicious as waiting. Mm-hmm and allowing it to absorb. So I just mm. thought I'd throw that in. You just tantalized many of my thoughts. The brain synapse yeah. went ding, 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 ding. No, not a problem at all. Thank you for the, the, the ad too. I, uh, when, they would, when they would talk about when I was working with Ninroy Partnership as the, the company I was working overseas as a, a consultant, <clears throat> they would talk about this attitude spectrum, they called it. They, they said when you were below the line, they called it doing dumb. They didn't call it being dumb. We can do dumb things when we're in states of compulsion. I have to do this. I have to do this. Or states of obligation of like, I guess I should. Like if even if anybody like whether, you know, this podcast or my books or um, our podcast, or it's like if anyone gets to a point where they are like, I guess I should do this, they're not going to experience the taste at all. That could be a beautiful stew, just to use your analogy. But if someone goes into it with the mindset of, well, I should, it's not going to taste the same. It's someone that really goes into this of like, oh my gosh, seeing possibilities, which is the highest um, on their attitude spectrum. I think it goes higher, but this openness, this creativity of like, oh my gosh, and how could I weave this into my life? And this is incredible. They're more drawn in, right? They're ready for that meal uh, that you say. But yeah, it it means a lot to me. The other thing I was going to say earlier is we can learn all this and respect the people that brought us here, right? Like respecting what your dad says about architecture and, you know, it it helped you know what you want. But I think what the next generation does and what we need to be okay with is then we get to layer on top of it. Like every generation is going to add their new flair to it. And I think right now, and where I can, you can hear sometimes, not saying everybody is like this, but it's this, I can't believe this generation is like that. Not in my day. It's like a generation's going to change and evolve. Like they're going to have differences. And, you know, our hope is, but if we're constantly like bashing them, they're not going to want to take anything from us. Uh, so what we do with our comics is like, hey, I'd love to be a part of what you make and then layer it on top. There are kids that have thought of the coolest beasts and callings for our world that I would have never thought of. Our coolest ideas, Donalisa, come from, because with our Kickstarter, you can actually support either your own kid or a kid that you know, and I'll work with them to create their calling. I jump on Zoom calls and um, you know, tell them about our world and tell them about the different paths and tell them about the different beast types. And we work together to create something. And I let them either draw it or I write a bunch of notes down to send to our editor. I had two kids. Um, that 
the, the both times the parent or the therapist said, hey, there's a good chance they don't want to talk about this after a while. Like they, they'll, they'll be into something for three minutes and then they just kind of, they walk off and do their own thing. Don't take offense to it. And one of them is, uh, it's, he has something, uh, cognitive impairment or neurodivergence. Uh, it's a form of autism called PDA, pathologic, pathological demand avoidance, where through a past traumatic event, if, if you tell him what to do, like hey, he'll, his, he has a nervous system shutdown. He can't. And that's why he'll get you'll get his attention for three minutes and then he, he travels on. I talked to that kid for an hour and a half about this world and saying, well, you could be a builder. You could be a defender. You and he's like, he gets to lean into what he wants. And he thought of the coolest creature. The, 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 the kids on what we some would call the spectrum have such a beautiful imagination and have such beautiful creativity and actually have helped my partners and I grow our world because we gave him a space for it. And I think it's really tough as a creative because as a creative that's trying to do something collaborative, getting edits, you know, in self-publishing, getting edits is so tough because you're saying someone is basically saying, well, what about this? It's not making sense to me. And there's this, I feel it now when I breathe into it. It's like, like there's a tightness that I'll have when someone gives an idea about our world at first of like, that's not how I created it. But if I just breathe, literally breathe into that tightness and give myself time to be like, oh, that is possible. And it, we could do this. And we, it, it opens up so much more creative energy for me. But you got to be willing to go through that tight spot. So it's like going through tight spot one and then allowing this next generation to layer on top of our learning. It's only going to make things better as long as we don't have this connection of like, that's not what I taught you. That's not the way my world is. Breathe into it. Yes, there might be times where we want to put guardrails and boundaries up. We're human. But if we breathe into it, I think we surprise ourselves with with what the next generation can teach us. Oh my gosh, thank you, Dylan. I'm, mm -hmm. again, I'm, I'm holding myself back from jumping up and down and going, yeah. because everything that you have just said is spot on. It, it brings me to two different examples that I will share as, as quickly as Please. possible, oh, take your time. one of them has to do with I was leading the development of about, um, I think it ended up being 50 animated storybooks back when online animation was just a whole new thing. And I remember I wanted to take samples of these animated storybooks to a local private school. And there was not an iota of me that thought they would say no. Not one mm. little iota. I called, told them what we were doing. The response was, we don't encourage make-believe. We mm. want the children to understand what is real and what is not. And my answer was, are you kidding me? <laughs> because... Yeah. Here I am, my entire life I've been involved in, in creativity. I, I'm the one that believes in Santa Claus still. I'm mm -hmm. the one that teaches the love of imagination. This is why working with Disney for a dozen years was a massive dream come true, because the mm -hmm. imagination is off the charts. 
And someone is telling me that she is teaching children not to dive into their imagination. I would like to say for everyone listening right now, if there is one thing that you walk away from in listening to this conversation, it is that we must never suppress the creative spirit of the children of our planet, let alone everyone that we come in contact with. Creativity is the seed of evolution. It is the seed of discovering what we may think about. We might think we know what's going to happen, but it's typically bigger, better, more magnificent than we ever imagined. There was a time in my life when I did public speaking competitively. And I chose to do this because I was so shy in school. I was fine around all my friends and family. But to get up in front of a class, I couldn't do it without feeling really nauseous. So I made myself in my senior year of school, high school, and all through college, I dove into theater and public speaking. And at one point, I was speaking at a national competition. And there was a poem that I shared, and I wish I could tell you who wrote it. I cannot remember at this time, but essentially the essence of the poem was that a little boy goes to school and he's really excited. It's his first day of school and he goes into the kindergarten class and, and all the kids, he sees them drawing and coloring on paper. The teacher's not in the room yet. And so he starts drawing and coloring and he is so excited. And it makes me think of your kids that you're going after here, that you're connecting with Dylan. And he's doing all this, and all of a sudden the teacher comes in, and she's an older teacher. She goes, oh, good morning, class. Today, we're going to draw a picture. And he's like, oh, this is so exciting. And he starts drawing big pictures of lions and tigers and cows and things like that. And the teacher goes, wait, today, we're going to draw the picture of a flower. He goes, oh, flowers. And he starts drawing all these big flowers, and he's so excited and coloring. And the teacher goes, she goes, wait. And she shows them how to draw one red flower with one green stem. And the little boy looks at his her flower and he looks at his and he likes his drawings a whole lot more. But he turns his paper over and he draws the flower just like the teachers. Next day he comes into school and there's clay sitting on the tables. And, the, and he's like, oh my gosh. And all the kids are like, they're diving into the clay and they're making all this cool stuff. And the teacher walks in and goes, today class, we're going to learn how to make a bowl. Oh, and then he starts making these big bowls. They've got holes in them. And he's like, oh. And the teacher goes, wait. And I will show you how. And she shows us the class how to make one small, simple, perfect little bowl. Little boy looks at her bowl because I like my bowls a lot more. But okay. Takes the, the clay and mushes it all together into a ball. And he makes a bowl just like the teacher's. Time goes on and this little boy learns. All through kindergarten, he learns how to do things just like the teacher, does a really good job, gets really good grades. The next year, he goes to another school, goes into first grade, walks in, paper out on the tables, all the kids are drawing, they're having fun, and he sits and he waits. And the teacher walks in, young teacher, good morning class. Today, we're gonna learn how to draw. Little boy inside of him, he's like, oh God, he's so excited. And then he sits and he waits because he was taught to wait. Mm. All the other kids are drawing. He's looking around. Oh, they're going to get in trouble. Wait, 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 wait. 
teacher walks around the room, looking at all the children drawing. She comes up to him and says, aren't you going to draw? Well, yes. Aren't you going to show me how? Well, if I showed you how, then you wouldn't be able to draw what you want to draw. Mm. Oh, he says. And he picks up his pencil and his crayons and he starts to draw one red flower mm. with one green stem. I say that now and I get teary. I get goosebumps. I have done this speech for teachers because this is not what we're supposed to teach our children. We are not supposed to steal from them the beauty of their inspiration, their creative spirit, the essence of their being. We are not supposed to force them into a mold of who we want them to be. It, that is not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to empower, to enable, to give the gift of life and the gift of growing and evolution. And we are to learn from our children. We are to learn from how they look at the world. This is the age of Aquarius, for Pete's sake. Mm. This is the age of spiritual evolution, Let's embrace the spiritual evolution. That, Dylan, is who you are for me as one of my guests. I think of you, and I think of you who says, I refuse to draw one red flower and one green stem. I am pushing the boundaries, and I'm not doing it in a mean way. I'm not doing it in a defiant way. I am doing it connecting to who I am, and I am light. And I am simply going to teach by how I am, who I am, how I speak, how I guide. Mm. That's you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I think uh, the only thing I would add to that is, one, thank you. And I want to fully let that sink in. And two, I really feel like allowing kids to step into their imagination, then they get to figure out who they are their own way, right? So if, if I was in that same situation, like, and I was drawing, I would draw whatever I wanted to draw. I would find it beautiful. But I think there would also be a part of me that's like, and you see my drawings now, they're stick figures. Like when I, I don't create our comics, I have a beautiful illustrator because that was, that's the gift that mastery he leaned into. But what I have found with at least getting outside my comfort zone, with at least tapping into imagination, is, is what are my strengths and who am I, right? To have that space. I think be able to create that space for kids, they'll start to realize what they like when we allow them to tap into their imagination, which I didn't know the difference until I started this, the difference between imagination and creativity. Imagination is putting something in our head that doesn't exist yet, like thinking and coming up with something in our mind's eye that doesn't exist yet. Creativity is bringing it to life. So I think when we just allow these kids time to tap into imagination, their, their compass is going to tell them, this is, where, this is what I gravitate towards. And then they'll be able to figure out how they want to creatively express. How I creatively express is thinking of allegories uh, through story, like lessons I can teach through story and plotting a book and seeing where it goes and coming up with frameworks in the in a world which is some order right but it's like coming up with frameworks in a world and and then I'm really good at then connecting with people that can fill in my weaknesses right I'm not a 
a high class artist. But Evan Winston, my illustrator, it just it I get I get emotional and nostalgic every time I see his work because it's American style animation. It reminds me of Treasure Planet or Lost City of Atlantis or uh, Giant Robot. It's like he gets to color what was in my head. He, that's how my creativity can come to life. It comes to life through plotting and storyboarding. And then that's his imagination that then takes that and then creativity brings it to life. I'm not an intricate speaker. I can try to get philosophical with words, but I'm pretty layman when it comes to my vernacular. That's me hoping I'm using vernacular, right? My partner, Matt Emery, is a savant when it comes to writing. We have people editing an origin novel he's creating right now for our Kickstarter that get upset. They're like, I wish I could be like that, which of course they need to keep practicing to, get, to perfect their art and their mastery. But he just has such a beautiful way of painting a picture through word. That's not me. But when you understand yourself, you understand what you're called to do, and you understand your strengths, the path you're walking down now, when you understand understand some blind spots, because we're all human and have them, you can then start to be like, okay, well, how can we collaborate? And that's how we want to create a collaborative world. What, you know, Where can I find people that might be good at what I need help with, and I could help them? It's just, I think the main thing is creating the space. And then that's the last thing that I really want to say is, you know, there's there's frustration that I have. I could be one of those people that have frustration for like schools and I can't believe they're doing X, Y, Z. And uh, I also have two sisters that are teachers and uh, a stepmom that's an occupational therapist. She's a huge inspiration to both my younger sisters. They want to be just like her and they want to go into teaching. And my youngest sister's getting ready to graduate Michigan State this year and she wants to help kids that have been through trauma. She finds it so beautiful, right? She finds this calling. But I see my older, my younger, older sister, you know, same reason, wanting to go into to school, be a teacher, change the next generation. And it's like that first year, there's this moment where she's like, huh, this is what I have to do, right? Like all of the, the stipulations that are put on teachers to like, yeah, we have to do this and this and this and move people forward and make sure everything's there. So it, it becomes rigid, kind of comes back to that rigidity with no expression. For someone that had a passion to change the next generation, there's only so much they can do. I feel like they're fighting with one arm tied behind their back. And then on top of that, live in a society where if something bad happens at school, the parent doesn't have, you know, a month or two weeks to wait before they go to parent-teacher conference where they can, you know, sit with it. They get, to, they get to respond right now in their anger to a teacher and then the teacher has to hold that, right? So it's like, my heart goes out for these teachers. I, I think, yes, there are ways we can change things in school to give kids this openness of what do they like. And that's what we aim to do with, kick, with, with uh, Unfounded Ventures and what we're doing with our Kickstarter. But I also think the cool part of what we would like to promote is this can start at home. Like you can come home and you don't have to throw on the boob tube to watch who's mad at what and what part of the world. You can sit down with your kid and create with them. Watching a kid take in the world is so cool now that I get to see it. Um, my mom went through breast cancer. I was living you know, back and forth from my grandparents and my dad's house and my mom's house. I remember going, being at my mom's house with her when she was going through her breast cancer journey. And she was a... Uh, a waitress worked like two, three jobs, high strung, high stress, high smoker, right? And she looked at this breast cancer as a huge wake up call to like shift her life and getting into more of like the spiritual teachers and got really big into Wayne Dyer. And um, I was really grateful for her to instill this when I was young. And I've always come 
back to it. She said, when thinking of your kids, Wayne Dyer says, uh, your children come into this world through you, not for you. And I think a lot of times we, you know, having a kid now, you hear a bunch of people that are like, isn't it great? You know, he's your kid. Do you ever think you could love something so much? It's your kid, it's your kid, it's your kid. And I agree with him because I don't want to get down a huge philosophical discord in the moment because I'm out at like Tim, uh, Ted's Coney Island. But uh, in my mind, I'm like, no, I don't ever view Keith as like, this is my kid, this is my kid. Keith is Keith. And I get to be a, I get to be a cool guardian in his journey. Maybe show him like, hey, I, this is what I've done. But that, guy, that kid is going to learn his own way and do it, make his own mistakes and have his own growth. And I want to witness it because witnessing it is so fun. So I think if, as parents, I mean, he's only six months. I can't wait till he gets older. Is, well, I can wait. But as parents, we can see that with our kids of like, give them a creative space. Give them time to tap into imagination and see what they come up with. And there's a good chance it's not going to be 100% you. It's going to have flashes of you in it. And the last thing that I'll, I'll at least say here is the kid with PDA. Um, he goes, his, his alias is Cooper. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Cooper. Um, just really, really attached to his mom. Like this trauma that happened for some reason, he has this attachment more to his mom. His dad did nothing wrong, but he's got a closer connection with his mom. And, uh, he um, was creating a, a a beast with me, you know. Loved his mom. His, his dad was doing his best to try to like slowly get into his life and like, oh, would you like to do this or do this? But if you tell the kid, this is what we're going to go do. He has a resistance, so it took him a while to kind of find what they liked to do. So I jump on a call with Cooper and his mom, and I start asking Cooper about what he wanted his beast to look like, and he drew a, a picture. Uh, of a of a fish, this big mouth, right? Large mouth bass. And I was telling him I'm close to an area where we go fishing. And I'm like, tell me more about it. And what are things that, uh, you know, Floofy was what he named his, his beast. He's like, what are things that Floofy likes? And what are the powers that he has? And one of them is the larger he opens his mouth, the more confidence he gives to his, his, his person. He's like, it's kind of like what Sarge, his, his dog does for me. So again, he's, he's already... He told his mom halfway through, he's like, it's kind of weird. It's like I'm describing myself. And uh, he created a largemouth bass. And the therapist that I, I worked with was like, yeah, that was um, that was the first thing that him and his dad did that they, they, they went fishing together. Like that was the first thing. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. And it was a couple of days later, I called my mom and I was telling her about it. I'm like, told her the same story. I'm like, she goes, wow. Isn't that incredible? And I'm like, yeah, like for him to be able to project his life into this. She goes, no, not for him. Isn't it incredible for his dad to live a life where you don't think you have a connection with your kid or as strong as you'd want. And he comes up with this through his imagination. And I was on the phone and I was like, man, I got to let you go. I just broke down. Uh, I, I think when we don't hold on to this, like you have to be certain ways and we allow our kids out, but you, we, we will we'll be shocked at what we see that comes out of our kids' imagination and what we've done for them. Oh, Dylan, Dylan, yes. <laughs> <sighs> teary, very teary hearing this and so happy. I just, my smile, my cheeks are hurting from smiling. Just so happy 
that you are so aware of your calling, of your purpose, that you are connected to passion, that what you are doing is creating a catalyst of growing, feeding the imagination of our children, allowing them to blossom in just the little increments that are happening like this moment that you've had. And what you shared was, as you're speaking of Keith, and I think about you as a parent versus me as a parent versus my mom as a parent, my dad, right? The different generations. And how you are speaking of parenting is as a result of my generation parenting you. Mm. And how I parent is as a result of how my parents' generation parented them. And that is a really significant awareness for everybody who's listening, which is all of us from each generation, our parents wonder, what are we doing? And there is this level of conflict. And where does the conflict come from? Fear. Mm. Fear from perceiving that our children are doing things that we've walked through a lot of stuff and we don't want them to hurt. So we project our fear to try to hold them back. But the reality is we evolve. We have to have our life experiences. And through our life experiences, the more that we can foster the blossoming of our children's spirits, the more they will learn as you have learned from your parents. And you are now able to parent Keith with your wife in a way that is, I am assuming, very different than the way your parents did. Not very different in in love and all, but I mean in just looking at him as a being who is not quote unquote yours, but mm. you are the conduit. You you two are the ones who who I believe he has chosen, who you have chosen to come into this earth to be there to support one another. And he is going to teach you so much. That to me is one of the greatest lessons of this generation for people such as myself in the in the baby boomer generation and then the, the before us, the silent generation. Mm -hmm what's happening with all these different generations, right, is knowing that the generation, the next generation, our, our Gen Zs, our uh, babies, I, I'm forgetting the name of the next generation that's coming in now, mm -hmm. the Keith's generation. Every generation teaches another, and one of the greatest gifts that the Gen Zs are teaching and the millennials are teaching is we are here to learn from our children. Mm. That is such a big aha moment that is letting go, that comes from releasing control, releasing control, and knowing that when we embrace the different generations, what happens is we are able to create a bridge, which is why you will see or hear rather in these podcasts that, yes, I'm bringing in people of all different ages, all different perspectives, all different levels of achievement, of success, because to me, success and achievement is not tied specifically to the dollar. It is not tied specifically to the house you have, the car you have, all of that. It is success in continuing to connect with yourself and how connecting with you allows you to grow and blossom in your life as a human being who can also be a human doing. Dylan, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank thank you. you.
Oh my gosh, thank you. I looked at the time, we went over, I knew we would, but I just, there was no way I could stop you. <laughs> happens. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for not stopping me. Uh, allowing me a platform to, to get this uh, um, message out there. And I would be remiss coming from a background of in sales. Anyone that's uh, listening to this, if you believe in it, uh, if you believe in the message, we are running a Kickstarter for the month of, of February. Um, we'd love your support so we can continue doing this. Because yeah, like you said, it's not all about money. Sometimes you need it to grow things. Um, would be more than grateful or even just passing it on to someone that might be attuned to it. We're not all the same. So I think there's going to be people that listen to this and they're like, hey, it's not for me. Good. Love you. Absolutely. And there, without a doubt, I will be putting the link in the notes for the podcast because that is also a part of this podcast is elevating visibility and consciousness of what people such as you, Dylan, are creating and sharing with the world. And with all of my heart, I thank you with every ounce of my human being and human doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I spent yesterday human being because I had been doing, doing, doing so much. Yeah. And so today I'm just ramping up. And that, I, I was thinking about that as you were speaking. Oftentimes people will listen to podcasters such as ourselves and they'll think, wow, their energy, they're just go, 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 look at all that they're accomplishing and blah, 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 right? And I will tell you, it has been a slow ramp up for me the last 36 hours because I've been traveling. And I'm sharing this because this is one of my lessons I have learned in my life, which is to stop and breathe and to keep myself from doing because I am definitely a doer. But I have had to give myself permission. I've had to learn to give myself permission to just be. And this morning, even as I was preparing for this podcast, I allowed myself to just immerse into the jazz music, immerse into the teachings of Louise Hay, immerse into the music of Deva Premo, slowly awaken by connecting deeply with spirit, knowing I don't always have to be at a high level of energy. High vibe connection does not mean you have to always be operating in fifth gear. You are simply connected with an energy that gives you permission to be, to do, to breathe, to evolve, to transform, to speak, and most importantly, to listen. To listen and learn. Dylan, as I say to all of my guests, I wish you the light of God in your thoughts, the love of God in your words, the peace of God in your heart. And I honor your beautiful spirit as I honor my beautiful spirit by saying namaste, my friend, with all of my mm. heart. Namaste. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Have a beautiful day. You have a better one. Thanks. Bye. Bye now. Well, there you have it. Episode 10 with the golden thread of magic and manifestation that comes from high vibe connection, where, as Dylan shared, your imagination can spark creativity beyond words. May you follow the lead of our children to rediscover the truth of your beautiful spirit, to fearlessly defy the naysayers while courageously creating 
creating the sparkling jewels and gems of your thoughts, your dreams, your visions. Best part of all, you get to. (laughs) Just knowing you're listening and that I and my guests are inspiring you to live a better, joy-filled life is what motivates me to keep posting new episodes every week. Thank you for being here. I've included links to connect with Dylan in the episode notes. And by the way, I've decided to post my new episodes on Fridays right before I go live on Facebook. Every week, it's DL's Coffee Talk. I'd love to have you join me there too. 8 a.m. on the West Coast, 11 a.m. on the East Coast. As my co-host, Jersey 2 Jordana, and I say, anytime is coffee time. Though I do have to stop drinking coffee in the middle of the afternoon because I'm discovering my eyes don't close at midnight. (laughs) These moments we share together are my divinely inspired gifts from the universe that I am continually and courageously creating here on the World Wide Web in all of my raw and real vulnerability simply because with every ounce of my being, I want to help you to connect intimately with knowing why you're here on this planet, why you are a one-of-a-kind miracle like no other. Until next time, know that I appreciate you, I appreciate you being here, and I love that we're able to spend this time together, sending blessings and light and love. And remember, you have the choice every day to connect. So just do it. Be the light.